This is The Mandalorian's Explosion Network's after show, breaking down, discussing, and reviewing each episode of the Disney Plus original Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. My name, Dylan Blight. Joining me, Ashley Hogley. Hey, Dylan. Excited to be here. Completely spoiler-free. Nothing was spoiled on the internet before we got to watch any of it. No, nothing. No little green things. Creatures. Creatures. At all showing up. Uh, all right, so... In the first episode, we originally, when we, uh, you know, you planned the show, obviously the idea would be one episode separate for every uh, episode, but considering the first two episodes have dropped the day that Disney Plus has released in Australia, we're going to be covering both Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 in this one episode, because it probably just makes more sense. Everyone's just going to be impatient. Yeah. Well, we're impatient. We couldn't wait. <laughs> <they're half laughs> we had to watch our, them back to back. They're half hour each. So... That's guarantee, the biggest surprise, I think. Yeah. I guarantee everyone else is just going to be watching them in Australia, is just going to watch them back to back anyway, you know, before listening to any of this shit. So, yeah. probably makes more, it probably makes more sense. Yeah. So, we're, we're going to be jumping into both these. So, uh, before we uh, get into it and like break down episodes, what happened, um, I want to get your overall thoughts on the show. And by that, I mean, like, not the storylines happening and these sorts of things, but yeah, how how weird is it that the episodes are like half hour? Super weird. I mean, I think we all expected it to be like a full on one hour show, and then for it to you look at the runtime, it's like oh, thirty minutes. That's odd. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just that that's what the story was for this episode, and they're gonna be longer next episode. Then you get the second episode, and it's the same length, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, if that's the short form story that you want to tell, that's cool. But it's just, it's just. Uh, obviously for a drama being only half an hour long is very different and it's not the standard obviously i think i i think i expect them to get longer as the series goes on it depends yeah probably there there was legit i remember month month ago two months ago however it was something i was either reading or listening to or watching some sort of interview junket thing when i was doing the men lawyer junket type things um john favreau got asked by a question like how long are the episodes and he responded by saying they're as long as they need to be. And then the person asked, like, what's that mean? He's like, well, the good thing about doing a Disney Plus show is basically if we feel the story needs to end here, we can. If we feel like it has to be longer and then end somewhere else, it can. So w- when I sat down, you know, watched the episode in like half an hour, that's basically the first thing I started thinking of was, I guess, in his mind, he's like, well, this one, like for the second episode, which is obviously the shortest one, chapter two, that one's only like just half an hour. Yeah. The other one was 38 minutes or whatever. Th- that one's very much like, well, all this stuff plays out and then he takes off in space. Good place to end it. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Go there. Whereas I guess th- th- there's no compared to cable TVs and whatever. That is the thing, you know, like this has to be 42 minutes. This has to be this, yeah. this, this to allow for ads I and mean, whatever else. Some of the best Star Wars has been like 22 minutes long. So yeah. Animated, animated, animated. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into the first episode. So the first episode introduces us to the titular Mandalorian as he delivers a bounty, gathers another, and discovers a rather shocking thing when he goes to pick up his second bounty. What were your overall thoughts on the first episode? Then when you sat down, you watched it, you get to the end, of course, well, you don't need to, we don't need to be like, oh, we're going to wait a week to find out what the big twist at the end is. We, we can, you know, we can get straight into 
what the hell baby Yoda and what all this means. But when you sat down to watch the show, just the overall tone, I suppose, is the thing I found interesting. Like it's very like yeah. silent protagonist, Western feeling, that sort of Western, stuff. but yeah. like kind of campy as well. There's like, it, they goof. There's a lot of falling down and slapstickish humor, I guess. Um, yeah, it was, it, I, it didn't blow me away. It's like, yeah, this is really cool. This is like live action Star Wars on my television. I don't have to wait however long to watch another movie. So that was cool. And just seeing like the Star Wars, like it definitely felt like the end of like another chapter in the Return of the Jedi era. Like you could feel that the world was that era of the world, Mm. you know, just being on the streets and like all dirt everywhere and like stormtroopers. Helmets and whatever else. Yeah. The the first episode I found just, it was very fast paced Mm. Um, I could see that being a turn off for some people who don't already know, like some background information. Like imagine going into this as a average Star Wars fan, don't really understand what a Mandalorian is apart from, oh, it's the same armor as Django, the fat and Boba Fett or, you know, that sort of thing. And there's like, here's a dude fighting a dude, picking up bounty monsters. Like, and there's no, and cause the character doesn't talk much and there's whatever else you kind of just you're learning the story literally by through the other characters interacting with him. You know, there's no like moment yeah. where he explains what he's doing and like what's going on or anything else like that. Even when you get to the, get back to the planet or whatever, when he delivers the bounty and then it's like, you get introduced to all these ideas of like, well, here's the, like the, 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 the bounty guild. And then here's like a Mandalorian guild apparently and building armor and yeah. like flashbacks and all this sort of stuff. Like it moves very fast. And I, I guess it could be very confusing to some people, but um, yeah, I liked it. I like. I like how. I like the tone of the show, and I, I think. But I think I liked the second episode more because I was like, okay, this is, this is fitting. But with the first episode, I was yeah. definitely like, I, I'm enjoying this because it feels like Star Wars, and yet it definitely feels different to the movies or the anime shows or anything like that. And it felt like the tone fit, uh, the the character and what they're trying to tell. Especially the, the, the number one thing you know straight away that blew me away is the music. The music yeah, is so good. good. I, I'm I'm loving the music. I think that's my favorite thing in the the show so far because it's just so. I don't. Know, it's like very like Star Warsy Westerny, you know. Like it's very much like and like you got all the strings and whatever else um, happening in these sorts of things. Um, all right, so quickly go over. Um, I'm not gonna spend. That's the other thing of this show. Like I said this quickly before we jumped to recording it. Because obviously when you're like, we'll do an after show for The Mandalorian, but you don't know what the show's like or anything yet. And then yeah. you sit down and you watch it. And I'm like, okay, well, I think when we do this show week by week, it might end up being a lot shorter than we think. Because each episode so far of half an hour, and it's just like, he fights a dude, he does a thing, and then the episode's over kind of. Like, there's not much to yeah uh, to break down. So uh, the episode opens on a planet with ice and snow. Mando's using a tracker to enter a bar where two characters are seemingly a- uh, about to cup up by Mithril. One of these guys gets angry because Mando caused him to spill his drink upon entering. Mando takes both of them down, one of them getting cut in half with the door closing around him. And then he tells the Mithril that he's his bounty and he can bring him in cold or warm. And then it cuts the title card. I I, I really enjoyed the intro yeah. simply because it just like shows, you know, badass bounty hunter dude. Yeah. Um, takes down a dude, whatever. You get the introduction and music. Uh sets the tone i guess you know silent protagonist <laughs> yeah it doesn't say anything man a few words 
kicks ass, slights as somebody. That that seems like a safety issue. Like there should that door shouldn't be able to do that. Well, you would think there would be some safety protocol that stops it slicing people in half. Well, I don't know. I feel like they only invented that technology for elevators quite recently as well. So. <laughs> No, I'm no. pretty sure that's a very common no, okay. thing that's been around for a very long time. No, I don't know. So it doesn't kill people. I don't know, maybe. I think we would have seen, if, if elevators were killing people, I think they would have not, they would have kept people, like, controlling the elevators still. No, probably. Uh, so then the man- Also, yeah. if, if you know that the door's going to open and it's going to blow a massive wind through, I would be holding my drink at all times. It's your own fault. Well, I guess the they're, they're out in the middle of nowhere that they don't- Expect other people to show up much, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Mando then takes his bounty to a taxi rink, is what I wrote it down as. (laughs) Because it's like, (laughs) that's kind of what it seems it is. And we learn he kind of has a distaste for droids, it seems, as uh, the first taxi or speeder that comes along delivers to him the the dude. By the way, they're summoned by some creature uh, playing a flute. (laughs) Taxi yep. comes on. That's what, the other thing of the show is it very quickly gets into a lot of weird Star Wars shit. <laughs> like it's it's like alien, like a lot of alien creatures and alien species and weird flute taxi rings and stuff. Uh, so he's like, no, I can't have one with a droid. So then he gets one uh, with Brian P- Pasheen playing the the taxi driver, basically. So that's a cool cameo if you're a fan of him. Yeah. Um. So then they ride back at the Mando's ship, the Razor Crest. And some big, big monster breaks out of the ice and then ends up attaching itself, itself to the ship. Um, but the Mando gets down there and manages to zap it away and they take off into space. Once again, coming back to how fast the show moves, it's very much like, we just had a fight scene. That's how the show opened, yeah. with a fight scene. We're now going to yeah. have a giant alien creature break out of the the ice and attack everyone and attack the ship and everything. You know? like It's not yeah. like, let's just slow it down for a second. No. Rip Brian Posehn. <laughs> no. He lasted the whole of 30 Five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so once he gets inside, the uh, the prisoner, his bounty starts yapping on a lot. This is very much like a scene of exposition for the audience to like, kind of discover more about the Mando, I guess, if you didn't already. Because like, if you're us, you're going into it, you know what's going to be down there. You know, you've seen the trailers, you know what the, you know, the, the frozen carbonite people and all these other things, I guess. But this scene mm. seemed very much like designed for people who didn't know much about the show coming in. And then there, you got the character traveling down here and being like, oh, a bunch of weapons. Oh, you know, like a carbonite machine. Oh, other people frozen with carbonite. That's what mm. this kind of all played out for me, though. Because uh, then after yapping on about forever, the Mando comes down. And uh, sticks this dude in carbonite as well. Which, he has a nice yep. little uh, carbonite freezer Collection. thing just off in the side. You know, it's what, he doesn't have to yep, do it off the ship. the ship. Yeah, just built into the ship. How many years is this after Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> uh, five, I think. Or six or something yeah. like that. So they, imp- they implemented that technology into ships real quick. Yeah, Darth Vader invented carbonite freezing. It's, uh... Yeah. <laughs> It's a shocking turn of events for everyone. I think. Well, I think probably somebody else. Well, yeah, someone else invented carbonite freezing. He implemented he it in. Changed the way bounty freezing. Bounty, yeah, bounty hunters use use it. I like to imagine they just went off all the bounty hunters that were present there. Do you reckon the Empire copyrighted? It? They're getting royalties from every sale. Probably would have tried if they could. Probably would have tried. I mean, they probably take all the sales. Let's be honest. Yeah. 
So then the Mando, uh, but here's the other thing about this show, uh, that I kind of wish they just, I kind of wish they gave us some planet names, but I don't know if they don't, you know, like maybe they don't want to do the whole, like pops up down the bottom and says like, well, you know, like the planet name, bottom right hand corner, bottom left hand, like Rogue One did. Yeah. Uh, but still it's like this, sh- you never know where you are on the show. And I don't know if that's like important. Might be important later. I don't know. But it's like, where is he at the start? Some ice planet thing. Where's he going now? Some sandy looking planet. Where's the planet he goes after this? Some sandy looking planet. Like, I mean, they could all, they could all be similar, I guess, close to one another. I, I don't know, but we never really know. So then he, he goes to this other planet and he goes and meets up with Grief Karga, who is seemingly, I guess, the guild leader for the, the bounty guild of this sector or this parsec, I guess, or however you want to, um, put it. So, um, cause he's the one paying him as he hands off the, the chips or whatever they are. I can't, I can't even remember for the things he offers him the imp- pucks, the pucks. That's it. Pucks. So he, he hands him over. Uh, <laughs> he tries to pay him with Imperial credits first. And then the Mando's mm. like, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but <laughs> the, the empire doesn't really exist anymore. So I'm not taking Imperial credits and then offers him some of a form of payment, which I can't, uh, he, he basically takes another form of alien payment. And he's like, okay, I'll take that, whatever. And then he asks whatever jobs are happening. And he tells him about one. The highest paying bounty he has at the moment is not a puck. It's a, he has to go meet up with this dude face to face. So he heads off to find this dude. And he walks through his city, town, whatever you want to call it. And he enters this other room where there's a bunch of stormtroopers. And uh, the client is sitting in the middle, played by Werner, Werner Herzog. Um, you can tell that when the Mando enters the room, he's kind of like, Stops for a second because he sees all the the stormtroopers and is like, um, mm. yeah, he's like, I guess I'm taking just, the job still, but like, <laughs> just gauging everything. Yeah, like what's going on here? So, but the other thing we don't really know or get or understand that's happening here is like, the Empire is dead at this point, but they are still clinging to different points of the galaxy or trying to cling to different points of the galaxy. And we know that this yeah. would be taking place in like outer regions type, you know, like towards your Tatooines or whatever. Like not the the middle sectors where it's most of the bigger planets and people live and Coruscant and what have you. This is where all the bounty hunters hang out and stuff like this. So I don't actually know if the Empire still is holding on to a decent grasp of this planet, or is this or like Werner Herzog's character is <clears> like we still don't know if he's like ex Empire. And these are like loyal yeah. stormtroopers to him. To him, um, yeah. And we don't know if the other Doctor character who pops out in the second play by um, Omid Ab- Abta? Abti, um, that he pops out and says, yeah. you know, like a Doctor character, whatever, he's supposed to be scientist dude or whatever. We don't know if he's Empire related as well, but it's hard not to assume that they're all Empire-ish if they've got a bunch of stormtroopers around them, you know? So um, I'm sure we'll learn. Uh, probably, maybe episode three. I don't know. Uh, so he he sits down and he talks to the dude. After they have a bit of a kerfuffle first because the doctor pops out and Mando points a gun at him and then all the stormtroopers point a gun at him and then they all end up sitting down. And then you get this good speech pitch by Werner Herzog, which I still think is funny that he's in the show because he's like, like art house filmmaker, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what you want to call it? Mm. Uh, so he he says, "I the bounty is to track down a fifty year old client 
we have the planet. We don't have the certain location. Uh, we've got these four digits for the tracker, which are basically his birth date. Because that's the other thing with like how these trackers work. I guess it's like, it seems like you put information in them from what <clears> I can <throat> gather. You know, so it's like you put in yeah. sector, area, uh, how old the target is. Like the more information you put into it, I guess the easier it becomes just to generally track the person. It's not like they actually yeah. have a tracker upon their person. They're tracking them via like- I mean, don't they, data. isn't that? They said they had a tracking fob or whatever. So, yeah, I guess. Oh, but, so they must have been like. Mm. Normally they wouldn't, but in this case, it makes sense. That- yeah. Uh, but he has like the bare minimum data to give the the Mando to, to hunt him mm. down, um, and he doesn't give him any information like species, uh, male, female. You know, like what 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 do we got going on here? So he's like, whatever, I'll take the job. So then the Mando heads out. And this scene, I was like, okay, like first episode, we're getting some interesting things happening here towards like what's happening with Mandalorians in general. As he walks down into this underground section where he walks past a bunch of other Mandalorians, and then you can see the Mandalorian um, crest is like hanging up above this doorway and everything. And How are you he- going to call the show The Mandalorian if there's a bunch of Mandalorians? Well, because it's focused on the one Mandalorian. It just, it begs a lot of questions that there's this many Mandalorians off-world seemingly trying to rebuild their ways and culture, it seems, uh, is what I gathered. And then that makes me think, that begs a lot of questions about what's up with actual Mandalore at the moment. Like, we know that, because that got Empire controlled, uh, like, you know, before the around episode four, you know, that whatever time shortly before then it's like Mandalore gets taken over by the emperor and whatever else, but it's like, okay, well they're, they're over now. So can they not go back? Like, do they know like what's happened to what's happening to the planet? Don't know. Uh, but yeah, he walks in and he, he sees this blacksmith in there. Cause, uh, he got an upfront payment for this bounty. Uh, that's an important fact here. He's got an upfront p- payment from the bounty of one, um, Beskar unit. Uh, Beskar is important to Mandalorians because it's what they use to build their armor. Their armor is made out of Beskar. And as you can see in the show, and as you can see in the trailers, if you've paid attention, is that the Mandalorian's armor in all the trailers we've seen for this show has changed in different scenes. So it, it very much seems mm. like his armor is going to gradually get better and improved upon throughout the show as he continues to... Uh, rebuild it but in this episode it is very like well it feels the way i got the impression i got was it's like a the armor is like i guess tattoos or something on your body or like like in prison or something it's like a mark of respect or authority or something the the bit more impressive your armor is yes the better more highly other mandalorians think of you yeah 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 um, yeah, so he, he has one bar and where's a, when a, has no, hers no character said he has a whole crate full of stuff if he, uh, brings the, the, the person back dead or alive. Um, but he, he gives this one best- Alive guy. preferably. Alive preferably, yes. Which is a, important. I guess important no. for the, it's important for the second episode, I guess. Or, or the end of this episode, actually. For the ending. Yeah, the yeah. ending of the episode. Um, so then he, um, he, he gets the best guy, you know, t- turned into- one piece of armor, basically like a shoulder plate or something like that. I think is yeah what he ends up getting formed <laughs> um, by the blacksmith here. But then uh, she says the Mandalorian blacksmith here says that she has enough left over to help 
um, form, what's she called it? Uh, foundlings. That's the word. She says there's some here to help with foundlings, to which he says that he was one once. And then you have this whole flashback mm. sequence of him, um, the child, well, what we assume was the child in the trailer, but I guess you can now confirm it is him, of this child like wearing red and this mother and father wearing red and um, seems that it's taking place during the Clone Wars and separatist droids attacking and all these sorts of things. And it seems his parents hide him in a bunker and then like close the lid over him, which reminded me mm. of Jin from Rogue One, I guess, because similar sort of shot yeah. of like the whole top coming down over the front and that, that sort of thing. So it seems like he was hidden away um, and then found, I guess, being the word like foundling. Foundlings are like yeah. young, uh, young found Mandalorians potentially spread out across the, the world. I don't know. Um, so then he he takes off to this planet, and he when he arrives, he scopes it out, um, his surroundings before some creature comes out of nowhere and attacks him, and gets he's basically on top of him, and the <laughs> Mandalorian's like trying to flamethrower him with his <laughs> arm to death, but it's not really doing jack shit. And then um, Nick Nolte's yeah. character, this Ugnot, uh, Ugnot comes in and basically seems to tranquilize. Yeah, he tranquilizes both of them with a. Uh, or darts or whatever comes in and saves him uh which is good but that's the other thing with the, the first two episodes of this show like uh, as much as you see the mandalorian kick ass uh, several times you, it, they definitely don't he make him like ass beaten. <laughs> yeah it's like he's not an invincible hero they're not like hey this guy's a jedi like he's gonna survive anything or whatever like he gets he's, he, he, he's gonna get by without any damage yeah or anything yeah no no, he's going to- He's thrown around a lot. Yeah, he gets thrown he's around He's very durable. <laughs> he's very durable. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, he definitely needs that better armor, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then he goes, the Ognot, played by Nick Nolte, ends up taking I him back to- I think it's Krill or Kill. Kill? Yeah, it's Krill or Kill. Or, I think it's Krill. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But they only say it once. I kept just writing down Ognot as the in my notes because yeah. I was like, whatever. I'm sure the Mandalorian doesn't know his name. He's like, whatever, dude. Okay. <laughs> Krill. All right, we'll call him Krill. Right. So then he uh, he takes him back to his farm. Um, and there he tells him that he'll be able to take him to where, like, the Mando needs to go. He knows why he's there, and he's, he's there because everyone's trying to... Uh, he's seen lots of different bounty hunters, it seems. Come through this area, fight one another, or go down and try and take the prize, but they've all been killed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he's like, I'll help you because I just want everyone to stop coming here and basically causing a, <laughs> a fuss. He's like, I, I don't care. Just take it. Once you take it away, my home will be more peaceful. peaceful again. So that's, that's, that's what he wants. It, it makes sense. Uh, so then he's like, but to get there, you'll need to be able to travel and you're not going to, you're going to need to be able to, to ride uh, the creature that has an actual this- name that I forgot. Tadpole with feet. Yeah, tadpole with feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it, but the Mando tries to ride this thing several times. A uh, little training session gets hopped. Uh, keeps getting chucked off. It can't can't ride the thing. And then he sa- seems about to give up. And he says, "I can't ride this. Can't ride this thing." But then the uh, Krill says, "You're a Mandalorian, aren't you? Your uh, your ancestors used to ride way more bigger things than this." Which seems to like hit the Mando. I guess in the heart a bit for that because he's like yeah. alright fucking pulling on my calling me out calling me out <laughs> <laughs> Call, calling out my uh, lineage and shit here yeah fuck you uh, so he, yeah he t- turns around and he ends up jumping back on to- top of the thing and magically 
learning how to ride it. So then the two of them head out and travel X amount of distance. I guess some long long enough if they need these damn things to get there. And then he drops him yeah. off and the Mando ends up scoping out this this area. And it seems like it's a small town, really. Like there's people walking around, there's there's different sorts of buildings or whatever. Not a massive thing, but there's, there's like enough there that I'm like, okay, well, it's a small like village or town or something. Like, heap, of, heap of people living there. And just as he's about to <laughs> figure out what he's... His plan is on what he's going to do. In comes IG-11, voiced by Taika Waititi. Um, just kind of walks in from down below into town. Just announces that they need to produce the asset or be killed. <laughs> and then, of course, everyone starts shooting at IG-11. So IG-11 starts shooting at all them. And the Mando's like, ugh, you know, droids. <laughs> Freaking droids. <Yep. laughs> so I don't like droids. So um, IG-11's down there having a bit of a shootout. Mando manages to make his way down there um, and he, he calls out to him first and then IG-11 t- turns around and starts shooting him but then uh, Mando pulls out his proof that he's part of the Bounty Guild so then IG-11's like, okay, I guess we'll stop then. They have a bit of back and forth because they're like, well, yeah. IG-11's like, I'm here first. I want the reward. Mando says, how about we split the reward, work together. But then IG-11 says, okay, but I want the praise points, basically. You know, like, I, I want to be known as the one that gets the the bounty points for this. So my level goes up for the online leaderboards for this, uh, yeah. for, <laughs> for taking this bounty. And then Mando's like, oh, can't we just sort this out later? And then they don't really have time to talk about it because a bunch of people start shooting at them. And then we have this really yeah. cool uh, shootout scene that happens. I thought this was really cool to watch these two. Uh, working yeah. back-to-back, kind of shooting all these people and whatever else, especially yeah, IG-11. You think, they're gonna, you think this is going to be great? We're going to get a whole season, they're going to be best buddies. <laughs> no, that, it's what always happens in these Star Wars movies. Two, a guy and a droid come together, fight some enemies, and then they become best buds, and they go on for years and years and be inseparable. Yeah. So, but not really that. happy. No. It looks like it was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, not, not looking forward to that. Not today. <laughs> well, I'll <laughs> say he's a droid. Technically, they could just someone could heal him up. I guess I don't know. Like what? <laughs> you know, uh, look pretty. You know, look pretty damaged. Yeah, I don't know. Some there's some good scrapers out there. Yeah, but they have this good shootout scene. I like it. There's a little back and forth. Like the Mando's like saying, you know, draw the cover and all this. Sort of, like has a taking the plan definitely seems like the mando's a hot shot too like he he never he didn't miss anything you know when he he'd pop no. out and like bang bang bang. he ain't no stormtrooper no, he ain't no stormtrooper that's for sure so uh but that, it was a real cool action scene um eventually this dude comes in with a gatling gun i guess is this way to describe it floating gatling gun and um he's mando tells ig11 to draw its fire so he goes out and starts shooting it and then the mando uses his grappling gun to pull himself towards it and hop on the, on top of that. And then he uses that to, to clear out the, the remainder of the people that's there. And then somehow IG-11 is still alive, even though he's a bit damaged, damaged at this point. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, the tracker says that our tasks, uh, who, who we're after is over there, so we should try and get inside there. And they use the Gatling gun to destroy the door. And they head inside and they walk over to this egg, floating egg thing <laughs> yeah which uh we find out in a second it's called a crib and revealed inside is a 50 year old baby yoda and the ig don't say that the internet all yeah i know i want to discuss that in a second but for the for, for a second i'll just say so baby okay. yoda 
IG-11's like, okay, well, I'm going to kill it because Job said dead or alive. Probably just easy to kill, easy, easy no, to kill the, it. No, the Job said dead. Oh, so he got told. That's to- what he got. I, from my interpretation is he was working for somebody else. Ah, uh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he called it the commission or something. Okay. Different said, bounty guild. They specifically said to kill it. So Yeah. So he got told to kill it. So he goes to kill it. And the Mando yeah. has like a hot second to think about it. And then he's like, nah. And shoots IG-11 from the head. <laughs> His body yep. drops to the ground. And then the first episode ends with this cool shot of the Mando like, putting his hand out over the crib and then little baby Yoda like putting his hand up as well, kind of touching and cut to credits. Now, before we move to the next episode, a couple of things to discuss here. Firstly, yeah, I just want to say about the credits because both episodes have credits. They have really fucking cool credit sequences for the show where they have different art pieces uh, for like what's happened in that episode that show in the background of each one, like four or five different pieces. Like a concept art. Yeah. And like, that's cool. I like how every, it's going to make me watch the credits no matter what <laughs> for every single episode now, just to see all the, the artwork in the background and stuff. So that's very cool. And then the second thing, before we move on to the second episode, let's, let's talk about the baby Yoda thing. So everyone, a bunch of weird, I don't know what you would call it. People on the internet are getting crabby because people are calling it baby Yoda. Okay. Is it a spoiler to start off with? Is it, cause apparently they didn't do any. No. They didn't send any screeners or anything for this. Yeah. Purely to keep this a secret, yes. I guess. Yes. So is Baby Yoda a spoiler? Yes. Is it now a spoiler because it's been spoiled so much? I, I, I think it's a spoiler. I think they've, I think Disney's fucked themselves on this one hard. And I still think it's a spoiler. So w- w- they have not shown... The, this is the... So ne- the, the concept of this show is literally now about the Mandalorian and this creature. W- that's now what the for show's now. about. I think that's what the show's about. Full stop. Because okay. you don't you don't put that in, and then it doesn't become that. So then, what becomes interesting about that is of all the trailers we've seen, and we did say several times, you know, like these trailers aren't revealing much about the show, and that's because the the show is about him and this baby fifty year old, <laughs> you know. But they yeah. haven't revealed that in the show, which I think was a mistake, because. Honestly, as cool as it is at the end of this episode to be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, what comes next? What the fuck? But as cool as like a a cliffhanger moment or whatever you want to call it is, they have fucked up by wanting that to be a cliffhanger big moment because now it makes talking about the show, promoting the show, uh, reviewing the show, you know what I mean? Like anything impossible because the core setup and the core premise of the show is a spoiler. Which it shouldn't be, but it is because they didn't promote it. They didn't want to. They didn't want to say. I saw someone else uh, that works at IGN or something who <clears> said that, like, uh, said they're having trouble writing about the show because Disney's like, they were getting annoyed too because Disney's like, well, this is a spoiler. You shouldn't be having this. You know, like, you can't mention this or whatever, like at preview event or something. And he was like, well, don't know how the fuck we're supposed to talk about the show at all in the future after episode one if the whole show is literally about this. Well, we can't talk yeah. about it because it's a spoiler for episode one. And the biggest problem is that, so we got Disney Plus a week late. UK doesn't get it till March. Whoever else, whoever yeah. else. The official Star Wars and Disney Twitter accounts have both said that they, like I saw the official Star Wars Twitter account was like, we're not going to be tweeting out spoilers for The Mandalorian. Like we'll be tweeting out 
you know, like, hey, it's on now, whatever, but they're not tweeting out anything that would be a spoiler. So the official Star Wars Twitter account has not said anything about Baby Yoda creature because it's a spoiler and they're not saying anything. However, of course... The internet. <laughs> the internet, especially because it's out in America and, I mean, no offense, full offense, a lot of time Americans assume that if they've got it, it's full, it's, you know... All, all bars off. Go for it. Spoilers. What's the matter? It's out. No, I've watched yeah. the episode. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, like we've discussed on shows before, like I think with TV audiences, they've been trained to instantly share everything on TV just because that's what, net, especially network TV, live to air TV has trained people to do, mm. especially like rounds, uh, reality TV and that kind of thing those type of shows and then also obviously game of thrones this year i'll say this is a rare different occasion because game of thrones <clears> we discussed and i agreed that people are going to tweet it and you should just either mute it or stay off twitter till you can watch it but with game of thrones every country has access some way or another like the day that episode's airing you can watch it no matter where you are yeah um, i'm sure there are some places like third world countries or <laughs> so maybe that's not actually true but Oof. most Countries have access to no, I'm pretty sure. Um, Hong Kong's pro- uh, fucking North Korea's probably banned it. Let's be real. North Korea <laughs> is watching Game of Thrones. Okay, <laughs> don't one. Everyone's watching no. Game of Thrones. Kim Jong Il is a massive uh, Cersei fan, so there you go. He really liked Daenerys and her plans for yeah. King's Landing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he did. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think this is different. I think they've I think they've f- fucked up by keeping it a secret. I think they should have just revealed it in a trailer early and then had everyone like theorizing what that means. But then it would have meant that you're, it's not something you have to play around because I, yeah. you know, that's just the way it is. But, and I mean, there's kind of no avoiding it now. No, you can't avoid it. I mean, no, and people are memeing no. it and it's Who- hard not to meme, meme it because especially once we get into the second episode, we'll talk about how adorable the freaking thing is. It's ridiculous. It is adorable as fuck. Yeah, it's adorable. It's the most adorable thing I think I've seen all year. So it's hard not to meme it and post about it. But every time I see something, even if I see a meme or something I like, I'm like, that's funny. That's cute. I'm purposely not liking it because the reason these things are showing up on my timeline is because people are liking them and they're showing up. Now, I'm not liking them because I don't know who follows me or is in my circles that maybe in the UK who is legit waiting. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not just going to assume that everyone's like, well, fuck it. Pirate this shit. Or like, no one that, everyone that follows me lives in Australia or in America. You know what I mean? So I'm just, I'm not liking the memes. Unless I do it by habit or something, at which point I'll unlike it. (laughs) No, but I've seen like people post artwork and like, I've seen people selling shirts already with baby owner on. (laughs) So it's, there is, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Sorry, UK. It's hard. It's- I mean, just knowing, I mean, obviously it's not going to ruin the show for you. It's just, they've set it up as a reveal. I think it'll work fine if you know that the baby editor is involved. You you will, but it's still just like, they set it up as a reveal, <clears throat> which I don't think they should have. But the fact remains, they did set it up as a reveal. So in my opinion, it's hence a spoiler. I, yeah. I agree that it won't ruin the show because I think they should have just revealed it ahead of time. Because it won't ruin the show, okay. knowing. Because you don't know what happens next. So okay, yeah. Anyway, so that was tra- all right. Let's talk about it being called Baby Yoda. Okay, yeah. So it's that, not that the Yoda's not the species. No, the, we don't know the name of Yoda's species. So there's two Yoda creatures we've known called Yoda and Yaddle. 
So this one is called so Yiddle. So it's a yodel. Yeah. So this one's called <laughs> ye- Yeetle. Yeetle. <laughs> what? What do you want to- Okay. What that's do, what we're calling it what do you on the show call it? now on. I was about to say, we're not going to call it Baby Yoda continuously. Got to give it a name before someone else does. All right. We're, we can lock that. We can- You got other options? No, I don't. All right. Yeetle. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to call it the baby. <laughs> Or the child. The child. Oh, Yeetel. Okay, Yeetel it, it is. <laughs> uh, that's to presume that all of these species names start with Y, but I have no proof to say that they don't at this point. So, 100%. It's at the, moment, the facts so. are backing up. Yeah, so everyone, can, but to say, I want to say, people online are calling it Baby Yoda. I'd, I'd say weird fanboys are getting like, it's not actually called Baby Yoda. It's not actually Yoda's baby. Well, well we don't know. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. We actually don't know. <laughs> I mean, it could be, technically. Um, <laughs> One, it could be Yoda's baby. Or two, it could be Baby Yoda. No. How's that work out? Time yep, travel? You've used time travel. Okay, here we go. Ahsoka gets rescued from the yeah. past. See that that's the other thing that's get that's the other thing that gets weird with the show. So people people starting this show that have no idea where it's set, comes to the end of the episode, they go, Oh, baby Yoda. This is set this is a prequel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you can't keep people watching Rogue One going, Oh, it's Ray's mom. <laughs> you know, the average person watching who is struggling to keep up. But I just want to say the people online calling it Baby Yoda and getting told off, um, continue to call it Baby Yoda because there's well, nothing no, else to call, call it, it. like yeah or call it yeetle the official explosion network name for this thing but i understand why everyone's saying baby yoda <laughs> because there's literally nothing else to call it you know it's just the easiest description it's the easiest description and people are being like weird fanboys about it and it's yeah weird um anyway i, f- I forgot to say as well that this episode was directed by dave filoni which i was very happy because my, was it yeah directed by dave filoni. Was... um his first ever oh, yeah that's right first live action Star Wars work. Of course, he directed the Clone Wars uh, animated movie and then heaps of the TV episodes and Rebels and so on and so forth. Um, but this was his first live action production and he serves as executive producer alongside John Favreau, who wrote this episode. So there are the credits for this episode. Good work, Dave. Good work, Dave. He's directing another one. I think he directed- yeah, He was wearing a cowboy hat the entire time. No, because I, uh, I saw the pictures on set. He was wearing a normal hat, not a cowboy hat. So <gasps> quite disappointing. Yeah. Um, oh, the other thing I want to mention is uh, Kathleen Kennedy is on as executive future uh, or or something along those lines for everyone that's like Kathleen Kennedy doesn't have anything to do with the TV shows she does she's on yes she's involved okay so just shut the fuck I mean she's executive producer how much that involves is I have a picture of her on set as well so <laughs> she was involved at least that much but I, just, I just like saying it because all the, <clears throat> the weird shitty fanboys online who want to kill her uh Chapter two. Let's get into that. So this one was directed by Rick Famuar. Famuar? Do you know how to... I don't actually know how to pronounce it. No. I don't know. Of dope fame. Of dope fame, yes. Um, And was once again written by John Favreau. I'm pretty sure John Favreau has written every episode just by himself, but I'll continue just to to note it every episode anyway. Yeah. Um, The second episode sees the Mando attempt to return to his ship with his (laughs) his cargo, but runs into an issue. So, as we said... Episode was a bit shorter, 30 minutes. Um, I would say that mm. I, I think this episode is better than the first one solely because even though it's shorter, I just found the pacing a lot better and I enjoyed that part of it. And also now that we've got- I feel like 
yeah, I feel like this will be the pacing we get more often more so, in the yeah. show. The first episode was very much like pilot, got to, you know, like all this shit that's happening yeah. and whatever else. So, yeah, the, the pacing of this one just seemed a lot better. And then also we have Yeetle now. So we have the adorable Yeetle to, to enjoy for. It's so freaking adorable. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Apparently it's an animatronic thing. Yeah, I believe it looks real. It's not it like a CGI creature. It doesn't look CGI, so. Just the eyes. It's why it works too. If it was CGI, it wouldn't be that cute. I guarantee you. Guarantee it's you. Unbelievable. It's so hard because I I literally want to pitch this show to people without spoiling it. It'd be like, hey, you should watch Mandalorian. Uh, like I like Star Wars, but not that much. It's a I'm hashtag like, cutie yeah, show. But I'll be like, but do you like cute things? Yeah, I like cute. <clears throat> watch the Mandalorian. I don't really care about bounty hunters. I don't care. Just, <laughs> just watch the show. Thirty-eight minute, thirty-seven minutes in, man. That those <laughs> creatures are all ugly. What's yes. Dylan talking about? Just watch the first two episodes. I'm asking for an hour of your time here, and if you don't l- like it by then, yeah, th- I feel like this is how you pitch the show. Um, yeah, yeah, way better pace. Music was great once again, um, and then there are a bunch of things, uh, certain creature that shows species that shows up in this episode that I found cool to see as well. So, um, you, you you agree though, better than the first one or? Yeah, I think it was a better episode. Like, yeah. Um, all right, so we get the first scene is um, before the credits pop up. But Oh, by the way, the other thing I was going to say is they did do it like a last time on thing. I'm like, okay, so I guess that's something that's going to happen. Well, it's shown weekly, so it makes sense. I know, but they don't usually do it on Netflix shows, do they? Or do I just skip a lot of time without thinking? Yeah, but everything's drops at once, so. Oh, that's true, yeah. And that, since I just mentioned that, it reminded me of something else we haven't talked about yet. If we get this in quickly before we actually start the episode, uh, the Star Wars opening title card thing. Not in love with it. No, neither. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, I would presume that Marvel and everything has, will have one too, I guess. You know what I mean? Like this is a. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they just do their f- normal film one. Why wouldn't. I guess. Maybe it'd be quicker. Maybe got a TV one though. I don't know. But I haven't watched anything else yet either. But obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm now wondering like if I start a Pixar thing, does Pixar have like its own thing? You know, like a different logo? Yeah, the little no, but like comes a different, like jumps. different for Disney Plus one. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not high the heels about it. So yeah, uh, the episode starts with the Mando returning the baby back to his ship when he's attacked by two Trastonians. Um, they're obviously after the bounty as well. Um, guess we can presume that they were told just to kill it because it seems they simply try to go for it to like destroy it not yeah not, like capture it kind of thing so yeah, the, the mando has to like hit it out of, uh hit you to lay it away a couple times and these sorts of things um so he's controlling it with something on his arm i guess yeah i guess he's like synced, cot. he's synced the cot i guess like to his bluetooth it yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he's bluetoothed it yeah yeet <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be funny. This this is gonna be a good show. This is gonna be a good weekly show to listen to now. Just to hear me say mm. weird a lot. Unless you believe that he's gonna disappear, which I don't. He's in the show entirely. The show's about him. Uh he fights him off <laughs> and uh manages to, to to beat up them, but he gets injured at the same time. Uh so then he stops, they stop for the night because obviously they had a long journey to get there and he doesn't have his creature to get back quicker this time. So he's just walking. <laughs> and when he stopped, you get introduced to why the first scene of why Yeetle is so cute, which is that when the Mando's trying to heal himself, little Yeetle's out here, like with his big cutie eyes, being like, I will heal you. And then the Mando like puts him back in, in the thing. And then he's like, I'll go back. I will heal you. 
(laughs) 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 Which I wrote down in my notes originally, trying to use the force question mark, but then obviously by the time we get to the end of the episode, it's yes, he's trying to use the force to to heal the Mando here. Yeah. Is the the answer to that. Yeah. So Also, does the Mandalorian have a sonic screwdriver? Because it was using the same thing to try and I don't know, catarize the uh, his arm. I mean it's just a laser, right? So like Use it for Could be Sonic. <laughs> the crossover you didn't know you needed. Uh sitting at the top. Same universe. Maybe. Uh he gets back to his ship, or he gets back to like a cliff overlooking the ship and finds out that it's being raided by Jawas. He uh well firstly he pulls out his his weapon, which by the way f- f- should have mentioned that weapon is still hilarious to see because it is like the classic Boba Fett introduction from the uh Christmas special thing, so um, yeah, is where that weapon comes from. He chases. Uh, he begins shooting at them first, and not only does his weapon take down the Jawas, it completely obliterates them, disintegrates them. <laughs> yeah, which was quite funny to see these little fucking Jawas just. What do we need? Boom! <laughs> it was like boom. What do Clothes shoot off into the yeah. air, and I was then- like, damn, that thing's got some uh, got some power, got some kick. Go try that shit out, Carlo Ren, my dude. Um. He, and, and then ends up getting uh, chases after them down there because they they jump into their um, fortress. Yeah, there's an actual name for it. But <laughs> Mobile I'm, fortress. Freaking freaking forget what it's called. Anyway, they jump into their big vehicle thing. It's the same thing that you see from um, A New Hope. The, the exact same yep. sort of vehicle. Um, and he makes his way yeah. chasing after it, and he got little old Yeetle in the background, just like zooming along in his egg as, as well, and. Uh, Mandalorian tr- jumps on top of it and climbs his way up the thing, up. dodging things, zapping dudes, all sorts. Like, it's a real, it's a hard battle to get on top of this thing. And then he gets on top and um, much like the Ewoks, we're taking down, Ewoks managed to take Stormtroopers down. These little uh, Jawas managed to just zap the Mando and down he falls. <laughs> gets taken down by Jawas. <laughs> and Lucky you got that extra shoulder plate, otherwise you wouldn't have survived yeah, that fall. gets knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Uh, then when they, the, the Yeetle just sits there and kind of watches him like, <laughs> knocked out. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So, so are Jawas something that have cro- gone across the galaxy or are we to believe this is Tatooine? No. Uh, th- they give one surefire sign to show that they're not on Tatooine, which is that the Jawas eyes in this episode glow red, not orange. Ooh. Because the Tatooine's- That could just be color correction issue. No. <laughs> I guarantee they've done it on purpose because of the the yellow sun and these sorts of things on Tatooine, whereas it's, they're glowing mm. red on here because it's a different place. Yeah. Um, also, if you find... They never... Here's the thing, though. Like, you see a species in Star Wars, and because you, like, see Jawas on Tatooine, you just, I guess, presume that they're only exclusive to Tatooine. <clears throat> but it's like, Why? Why would they be? I mean, because that's the only place we've seen them, and we've, it is, we've but it's seen like, them in two separate movies. Yeah, I know, but it's it's weird to just assume that like one species can a species can't travel, you know, or or be in different sectors or whatever. But also the um the black series uh, figure that you can get of a Jawa that's out at the moment for for this. It the the name of it literally says Offworld Jawa, Offworld Jawa. Mm. So I don't know if they're, that means their homeworld is considered Tatooine, and they these are Offworld Jawas because they're gone to a different planet. But yeah, not on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. So this planet is not Tatooine. Is the uh, important factor? Or is it? It's not. 
Now, here's now the other one uh, from episode one that he's returning to. I have n- n- neither here or there to say that that is or isn't Tatooine. That one's still open for debate. This one is definitely not Tatooine, though. Just to, okay. just to, to put that out there. Uh, so he manages to make the... When he wakes up from being knocked out, he manages to make his way back to the Razorcrest and uh, finds out it's basically empty. It's just like a shell with nothing good. He opens up his weapons closet, gets angry, slams that, gets a bit upset. They're all gone. Um, tries to look at the engines, all these sorts of things, scrapped. Uh, the boot, the computer, everything in the, the front part of the ship, scrapped, gone. So then they make their way back to old... Uh, what was his name again? Nick Nolte? The was the character name? Crisp? This? Chris? Chris? <laughs> Jeez, I can't remember. Cool. Krill. 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 Cool. Something. Something. All right, we're calling him Krill. So he makes his way back to the Ugnot Krill, anyway. Um, and he says that he'll take the Mando to the Jawas to trade. Um, and while he's discussing all this, we see that the uh, old mate, old mate Yeetel just swallows a frog hole on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, he's playing with this frog before, which yeah. is very adorable. Yeah, and then eats it. <laughs> then he shoves it the entire thing. And then Mando's like, don't do that. <laughs> Goes full Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. That's what happened. That's the funny, funny thing is like, I, like we obviously know that like Yoda species can live for a very long time because of Yoda. But it's so weird to just be like, oh, the baby, the 50 year old baby. <laughs> Like a Fifty-year-old baby, Jesus! This thing's older than us. <laughs> We're like the baby. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Um, so then they they uh, head over to Jawas, and at first they're like they want his Beskar. That's what they want. They're like, well, uh, Beskar for your stuff back. And he says, no, he can't do that. In fact, in fact, the, the Mando's line, the Mando line here was like the only one that was a bit like corny, but I, I, I gave it a pass where he's like, I can't, my, my weapons are my religion or something. Like he says like a, a legit, like, yeah. and I was like, bit corny, but I'll let it pass for, for what we're going on here. Uh, so then they are, they, they say like, oh, the baby, uh, you tool for it. He's like, no, you can't have that either. Uh, then they say that they need to get the egg <clears throat> and the Ugnot Krill is like, oh, kind of face palms at this because he obviously knows what what and where they're headed with this information. Uh, so then yeah. they travel for unclassified amount of time and they make their way down to this section where there's a cave and the Mando enters the cave. Well, the other thing I thought here is I'm like, you're about to battle something and you're bringing little old Geetle. Like, I suppose he wouldn't trust them back at the thing, I guess. So he has like no choice yeah. about the matter. So he just has to bring him anyway. Uh, so he heads into his cave to try and find an egg, but he bumps into this rhino-like creature. Is the easiest way to describe? It's got like a big ass horn. It basically looks like a rhino, anyway. Like it's a rhino with fur. Yeah, it's a rhino with fur. Yeah. Uh, and then the, those two get into a bit of a fight. Mando tries shooting it, um, punching it. Mando tries lots no. of things. I ain't going well. Mando gets his ass full handed <laughs> to him by this. Yep. He gets muddied up. Yeah. Gets not uh, good. He would have. Um, died. And right as it seems the Mando is about to die, little old Yeetle reaches out, does a yeet. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the jokes are not worn out today. Not, not yet. Uh, he uses the force to raise up and stop the, the Rhino creature at the last second and then the Mando's like, uh, what the fuck? And then as he drops it, the Mando is able to get in quickly and knife the thing in the side and uh, yeah. One step. tiny knife stabbed to the side of its neck and is dead. The right spot. 
You know, all it takes is the right spot sometimes. I guess. More important. It's the right spot. Uh, Yito passes out after using this much force power, though, I guess. Uh, yeah. Stop on this for a sec, because I don't want to say, because this is obviously the the biggest and most important thing. Well, there's, there's two key factors I think that stand out like questionable things for this episode, but mm. we'll get to that one later. I, when, early in the episode, as I'm watching it, when he's, like, reaching out and be, like, trying to heal him, I'm like, oh, they're going to play with the idea of, like, if it is it or is it not Force-sensitive, you know what I mean? Like, I, I felt, like when I was watching this, I'm like, that's going to be, like, a through line. Like, is it or isn't it Force-sensitive? Yet you get to this point, and they're, they're just like, nah, it's Force-sensitive. <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's not beat around the bush. Get the information yeah, out there. Yeah, i tell you what, though. I remember in uh, Revenge of the Sith, obviously, we did, Rewatched recently, Yoda was struggling with those big rocks. So kid was able to lift up this freaking huge Rhino. animal creature. Uh, Yoda is a Mary Sue. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Mary Sues in Star Wars these days. I got little Yeta yeah. over here, Cal in the Fallen Order game. What? Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> um, mm. So we got. <laughs> this is what So yeah, I, I I just found it funny how that was. I get that's a, that's another reason why I think it's just going to be very important for this series. Like you don't introduce this character and then like have it use the force, and then that's not like the main plot Thing. point, I guess. But then at the same time, like it's interesting because we thought this show was going to be like more like bounty hunting um, about the Mandalorian culture, you know, all these sorts of things, which it still can be. But now it's also got force shit in it. No, protect the baby. Protect. Got to protect my baby. Um, the Mando, yeah. So then they they head back. Well, he goes into the Rhino Cave, retrieves his egg, which the egg is just seems to just have fur all around it, right? Or is that mud? A bit of both. I don't know. I could tell. <laughs> I was like, is this egg really just have a bunch of fur about it? Anyway, uh, so <clears throat> he makes his way back. Um, to the Jawas, they're about to leave though because they're like, the, they're like, this dude's taking too long. I ain't got, I ain't got time for this shit. Uh, but then in comes <laughs> the Mando, beaten up as all hell, yutling, yutling the back. And he gives the Jawas the egg for his stuff. But the Jawas, this whole time, like, what are they going to do with the egg? Are they going to try and raise their own baby rhino thing? Are they going to put it on a shelf and keep it? Nope. They kick the top of that egg off and they just drink the yellow goo that's inside. <laughs> I was like, this is a weird thing that's happening. Because yeah. like, yeah, chop. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Jawas are weird. <laughs> I mean, I already knew that, but um, do what he needs to do, I guess. So then they yeah. um, they head back to the ship with all of his stuff piled on top of this cargo thing and uh, Krill or Krill, whatever his name is, leading them back to the ship. And when they get back, the Mando's like, oh man, this, this, this is going to take forever to fix, but Ugnot's like, no problem. I'm Nick Nolte and I'm here to help you. So I will. And we get a montage as they fix up the ship and they manage to fix it up in well, a day, it seems like, because you still yep. sleep. So I guess they managed to fix it in less than 24 hours somehow. Um, and then the Mando says, managed to say goodbye to guide him. Um, he tries to give him, tries to give Krill a gift, money and all these sorts of things first. Um, offers his, him a job. He says, no, he's, he's worked all his life so he can have his freedom now. He doesn't, Neither job. Um, the, the, he still just gets thanks for clearing out and making his uh, planet safe again from all that stuff that was happening. And then he says, um, all right, see you later. I have spoken. And then he, he leaves. 
And <laughs> I was going to leave this to this thing because it was doing both episodes at once. But that is an official... Like, if the rest of the show shit, what it'll go down in history for is that meme, which is now a meme. I've, I, that's another thing. I've seen heaps of picture, pictures of Yeetle everywhere. Everyone being like, this is yep. cute, all this sort of thing. The other thing I'm seeing that is an official meme is, I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's great. Less spoilery. <laughs> Less spoilery. And it's like one of those things that people can put in a tweet. And if you don't know what it's about, you're like, I don't get it. But if you do know what it's about, it's like, I get it. I, I get, get it. it now. I <laughs> That's, that was my favorite thing in the first episode that automatically I clicked onto. And then in this episode, hearing him say it again, I'm like, that's classic. This, it, this could be, I don't know what else John Farrow's got up his sleeves, but writing that character say, I have spoken. It's officially his best writing so far. <laughs> uh, I liked it. So then they head off, uh, the Mando leaves. Wave goodbye, head off into space. And then when the Mando gets up into space, he kind of stops for a second, checks on Yeetle. He's still asleep. And then right as he turns around back to his controls, he um, starts to wake and they head off back to drop off or not drop off the prize, I guess. So that is the um, the important question they'll ask as before we head into episode three because we can start theorizing now that we're actually up to date we've talked about the first two episodes um episode three he's obviously going to head back to the planet for the client um mm. to, to get his bounty get his prize obviously what do you think what do you think is going to go down because there's some attachment here surely yeah there's some attachment i feel like he will ask what they want what is, what's going to happen with the baby and then you know They'll say something bad or whatever, and then he will shoot his way out with the baby, with Yiddle. You know? He'll keep Yiddle, and then he's trying to stay away from these people for the rest of this season. I would Try to find a safe home. I would say it's very cliche, but they're just going to do <clears> a very cliche thing, which is that he, he'll go there, he'll ask, maybe he won't, maybe he'll ask what's going to happen. They'll say, none of your business, whatever. He claims his prize, bunch of Beskar. He leaves. And then we have a scene where it's very obvious the way it's shot and whatever. Maybe they have a flashback scene again. I don't know. Something along these lines where it can make you think, like, maybe he's thinking about him being young or, you know, like like uh, a lost baby or whatever else. Do mm. a very, I think they'll do a very cliche thing of, like, a scene of him being, like, having a big epiphany and changing his, his mind and having a change of heart about the whole situation. And then I think he'll go back and get Yeetle back and then in comes that scene that was seen before of him like walking out with all the stormtroopers shooting at him you know we've seen from the trailer he like walks outside and he's like pew yeah. and he's getting shot and the, the blaster bolts are bouncing off but the, in that scene I thought that might have been way later in the season because in that scene he's got way upgraded armor because that's how the blaster bolts are all bouncing off because he's got a full like Beskar uh, proper Mandalorian mm. armor happening there but then if he claims his prize first Goes yep, gets he goes the, gets massive armor. Go gets um, his armor upgraded and then heads back and then we could get that scene happening. These sorts of things. Maybe. Because then, like thinking ahead kind of thing, I guess that's where um, Gio... Uh, Giancarlo. Giancarlo Esposito's character could be called in because the Mando takes off with Yeetle and then he's like sent in to get him, I guess. Something yeah. along those lines could be what potentially, potentially what's, what's happening now. I don't know. Um, either way, episode three, I would presume... I still think episode three would be 
a shorter one. I still think it's going to be like 30 to 38. I don't think it's going to be particularly much longer. I think it's just going to play out. No. No, I think that if any of them are going to start getting upwards towards now, I think it might be as we head towards the, the later half of the season. But at the moment, if the, if the, the core like emotional and like storytelling thing that's going to happen in the third episode is like, does he save or does he not save Yeetle? Like that's kind of all the episode needs to rope up. And if at the end of the episode, it's like, okay, well he saved Yeetle, but now obviously he's on the run a bit or he's got to keep, he's kicked out of the, the bounty guild. I don't know. Can he get kicked out for doing that? Or does he just crossing the empire? I don't know. There's lots of questions. Either way, we'll find out on, not next week, Friday. So only a couple nights away. I don't actually know what time they drop in Australia. Like, well, that's another thing to find out, I guess. Like, do they? It tr- was early. They drop at midnight. I remember seeing. Yeah, for I'm the new sure ones? midnight America for Friday. Okay. So yeah, staying up to midnight and then because I remember we we're doing something on Friday night and uh, yeah, it's like oh, next step, second episode. We'll get reactions. Yeah. popped up. Yeah, and I was like, just. Stop with that. <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop telling stop being on Twitter and telling me you're watching the show. Uh, they'll do it. They'll they'll do it for this uh first episode. Worked out quite well. So uh judging by that maths, this episode's been like an hour, so let's presume that any future ones, uh, if they go for the roughly round same time, will probably only be half an hour, which makes sense. Unt- until they start introducing episodes that are like an hour. And then yeah. things will get longer, but either way. Um thank you for joining us on the Mandalorians this week. Um, you can find the show on explosionnetwork.com, youtube.com slash explosion network, all good podcasting services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also find our Star Wars podcast, Old Around Explosion, available right now as we rewatch and discuss the films in the lead up to the rise of Skywalker. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow Explosion Network on Twitter at Explosion Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Vivaldil, V I V A L A D I L. You can follow Ash on Twitter at Ashley Holdley, A H L E Y H O B. Ellie, why? I don't have a good sign off for the show, so I'll just say, Lord, yeet! <laughs>